Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast, where we have honest conversations about things that make us different. Our mission is to talk about things you might relate to, but that you don't hear being discussed in other places. Our hope is that you're encouraged to have honest conversations with people in your own life. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. Steph, what's our topic today? Today we're talking about my puppy, (laughs) my dog, my uh, greyhound, Mac. And uh, we have titled today's episode a little bit longer, but hopefully it's still a good title. It's not too long. It's okay. How my dog disrupted my life in the most beautiful way. Yes. And this is most definitely about Steph's dog because (laughs) I don't have a dog, but I love coming over and getting to visit with Mac. This episode is going to be for dog people, but also all are welcome to listen. Even if you're not a dog person. Well, we don't know what this episode is about yet, so (laughs) it's probably going to be great. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Well, I think also the episode is about what has changed in you and in your life since Mac has become, since Mac has come into your life. And so we think that, you know, in listening and having this conversation, people may be like, oh, wait, I am dealing with that too. And, or this is how I dealt with that rather than getting a dog. You know, there there are a lot of different ways you can go with it. So, well, I want to give a little backstory before we get started on how this dog thing happened, because I was not always a dog person. I will tell you, I had two cats growing up and um, I don't know if I was a cat person, but I had two cats. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and for when I bought my house five years ago, I thought I I might want to get a dog one day. And um, I didn't at the time because I knew it was such a big commitment. But um, I eventually uh, last year really was like, I think it's time. This is basically a year since I've had my dog and how my life has completely changed in that year for way for the better. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Actually, you dedicate your book to Mac, don't you? I dedicate my book to my nibblings. But in my acknowledgments, one of the last acknowledgments is to my my dog, Mac. So I actually say I got her when I was doing the final draft of the book. And that was like the end, like as much as like I'd put so much work into it, it was pretty much done. I still had to go through the final edit of the book. And that was that was tough. And she was with me that whole time. I um, set up her bed next to me as I was at my at my computer at my desk and she sat with me and she reminded me to get up and take her out. So I was would take my breaks and she helped me get through that last edit that that push I needed to finish it and finish it well. Yeah. So she wasn't with me for the bulk of the writing, but she was with me for the for the end and that that little bit that I needed. So why did you want to get a dog? I've, we've talked about this. I struggle with, with depression. That's something that is definitely um, still a thing for me that I deal with on a regular basis. And so for the last couple of years, I was really trying to figure out how to help me combat my depression when it gets really bad. And so I was trying different things and I had tried um, depression medication for years and ultimately got off of it because it just was, I could feel it working my system and it just was very strange and I, I didn't like what it was doing. And what I was really seeking was a way to kind of just shut down my brain for a little bit and just be calm. Meditation wasn't cutting it. Like I just needed some kind of something. And I knew this was not a sustainable option. But for a while, I thought, well, what if I just had, you know, a shot of liquor of some sort like at night? And that was good. Like it like helped calm me. And I was like, that's cool. But then I also was like, really, like this is not a great sustainable option because I do not want to get addicted to this. I don't want this to be like a habit that I can't break. So I stopped that. 
right? Yeah. Because you weren't you weren't drinking for enjoyment at that point. At that point, you were drinking to change something in yourself. Yeah, like a chemically change and yeah. just kind of make me relax. And also, I don't like the taste of it. So I was like, you know, I don't. Does oh, yeah. anyone love the taste of liquor? I think some people do. Okay, well, I, I'm not them, yeah. but um, I would mix it with like mineral water and different stuff. And so then um, when medical marijuana became legal in Florida, I actually considered doing that. And I talked to my doctor about it and she said, well, I don't give you prescription for it. There are actual medical marijuana doctors that you go through. So I actually went through the process and found out that that it could actually affect my sleep in a negative way. And I was not having that because I'm a good sleeper. If I'm good at anything, it's sleeping. So I didn't (laughs) um, I didn't want that to mess with my sleep. So I was stuck with now what do I do? Like I wanted, I needed something to help me get out of my head at times. And I wasn't able to do it with exercise, which I was, you know, going to the woods regularly and I just wasn't able to do it on my own. And so that's when I went back to thinking maybe I should do this dog thing. And did you, let me interrupt you. Did you consider getting a service dog then? The reason why I thought the dog front is because there's so much research and people talking about dogs helping with their depression and anxiety and things like that. And so I actually considered, I looked into service dogs, like, what does that look like? Because my thought wasn't that I wanted to take it everywhere with me. It was really that it would be like a well-trained dog for my depression specifically. And so I looked into it. I found a place down South Florida that trains them, but it seemed very complicated. And I also wasn't sure like, you know, if it was right to, to go that route for me, like if I really needed a service dog. So I um, ultimately didn't do that. And then um, a friend of my mom's actually has a greyhound and was telling my mom how great greyhounds were. And um, I had never really, I knew there's a greyhound bus, but I didn't know that. (laughs) I knew there was greyhound dogs, but I didn't really know much about them. I don't think I knew that they were like racing dogs, like that they had, there was a whole industry of people betting on dogs for running. And I didn't, is it, I think there is a track not far from Tallahassee, right? There used to be there a close, be. as far as I know, in Monticello. Yeah. So when you were growing up, though, there was one sort of down yeah. the street. But I w- had no knowledge of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I knew horse racing, but I never really was familiar with the dog racing. Um, so I looked into it because then I was thinking, well, how does this all work? Like, how did she get a greyhound? Like, is it a racing dog? And so I found out that once dogs aren't a good racer anymore, they just adopt them out. You know, years ago, put them down, which was not great. But there's a lot of legislation now on on the dogs. And that's what I learned when I did the research is that um, they are highly regulated. And like once a week, they have government officials go check the dogs at the tracks and all that in their ear. They have a unique tattoo that has all their information. So you can actually look up, I can look up her, her whole family history, all of her races, everything online by, um, by her tattoos, also by her racing name. So you can look it up too. It's LK's Freestar is her name, was her racing name. And you can find all of her videos. She was actually a really good racer. She won 31 races, I think, and came in second in 20. And so she was adopted out at four years old. And usually they get adopted between two and five, depending on how good of a racer they are. So after I'd done that research on greyhounds, I realized they don't shed a lot. They don't bark a lot. They don't lick. They don't have uh, that big doggy smell because they don't have an undercoat. They are really lazy. They don't need a lot of exercise. Like I was like, whoa, this is like, this is like a magical dog breed. I had no idea this was a thing. And you just called your sweet dog lazy. She is. She's a lazy gray. I call her that to her face all the time. I'll be like, lazy gray. She's look at, she's laying right behind you sleeping, sleeping. right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they do. And they, and that's, and then I don't feel bad because she loves to just 
be lazy. I mean, they sleep 18 hours a day. Like that's the thing that is the breed and that's just totally normal for them. And they love to run. Uh, typically greyhounds love to run. They're very competitive. I try to take her running as, um, as much as I can. Cause she just, she bolts and it's a magical thing to watch when she does that. But anyways, your question is how did I decide on a dog or a greyhound? Um, I did that research and then I found an adoption agency in Jacksonville and that was the closest one to Tallahassee. And I called them up one day and then I had an appointment like two or three days later. I walked four dogs and Mac was the first dog that I walked. And I just was like, I was deciding between two dogs, but it was like Mac was like the one. And I went back a couple of days later and I was able to get her. And it was rough at first. I'm not going to lie. It was a big transition because greyhounds have never been in homes before. They've always been with their pack. They, you know, have been in crates their whole life. And, um, and so they actually tell you to get a crate because that's what they're used to. And she hated her crate. Oh. <laughs> she hated the crate. She chewed on the crate. It was very bad. And ultimately my vet said, get rid of the crate. And, um, I, I did, and that totally fixed things. And she completely respects my whole house. She doesn't chew things. She doesn't, um, leave her mark anywhere, you know, anything like that. So she's like, she's great. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I already knew, knew that, but I thought that you just picked Mac because she's so beautiful. <laughs> She is and that's beautiful. Part, I guess that's kind yeah. of a vain way to look at it, but she's a really beautiful dog. Yeah. Well, the other thing is when I started researching greyhounds, at first I was like, greyhounds are kind of funny looking. Like, I don't really love the way they look. Like, that was a thing. And I was like, but I love everything else about them. And I'm like, I'm not going to not get a greyhound because they look funny. But now that I have a greyhound, I think every greyhound is the cutest dog in the world. I think they look amazing. I think all dogs are cute now because I'm like, now I'm a dog person, but I think greyhounds are just the cutest. Every greyhound I see, like even the ones before I was like, oh, I don't like the color of that dog, which is so silly that I even thought that. But now I love every color of greyhound, every color of dog. I'm just like, they are the best. They're all the best. And they all have their own little personalities. And you can say like certain things about the breed, but every dog is different because my neighbor across the street now has a greyhound. They got a couple months after I got Mac because they just saw how amazing Mac was. And her personality is different than Mac's. They get along super great, but there are certain things that she likes to run, but not like Mac likes to run and not as much. So it, it's interesting and cool to see. Just like people, you know, we're not all the same, even though we're human. <laughs> oh, and if you're wondering, I named her Mac because when I used to work for Apple and there was a girl that had a dog named Mac and I thought, oh my gosh, that is the best name for a dog. If I ever get a dog, I'm going to name it Mac, whether it's male or female. And so I did just that. I've been keeping that name. I got, I've had fishes and hamsters and I was like, nope, keeping the name for my dog. So I was very excited to name her Mac, but I call her so many things. I call her girly. I call her, I call her Macintosh. No, you call her Macintosh? Sometimes. I thought you were saving that for when you got your second dog. No, that's Tosh. So if I get a second dog, I named that dog Tosh. So then then I'll have have... Mac in Tosh. (laughs) It's the cutest. I know. When are you going to get a second dog? I feel like I would be outnumbered with a second dog. So I was really trying to convince my mom to get a dog. So then we'd both have one. My mom loves like, but being like Mac's Oma so she can play and then give her back and not have to have all the responsibilities of the dog. So I don't think my mom's going to do it, but I'm okay with that. I like coming and visiting Mac too. Exactly. Having the responsibility. But you know, you're, you have a perfect house for a dog. Like the layout is perfect for a dog and you have a great yard. You in fact could have Tosh. Next podcast, we get a dog for Beth. So what about the idea that with, uh, that when you brought Mac home, it was a rough transition? Like did, did people in your life 
like discourage you from trying to do it because it was going to be such a big commitment and such a change? I'm trying to think. I don't really remember anyone like outwardly discouraging me from getting a dog. I think I was so like I'd done so much research and I was so ready that there was no like saying maybe it's not a good idea because I was ready. Like I had been preparing. I had been thinking about it for years. And so when I was ready, I was ready. People could see like, okay, there's no messing, messing around here. So no, I don't think people were discouraging. They weren't as excited as I was, which, you know, few are. So it's <laughs> right. okay. Like unmatched excitement. Like you were just yeah. at that level. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when did we decide to start this podcast? Was it before or after I got Mac? It was at, almost at exactly the same time. Yeah. Was it? I thought yeah. so. Yeah. So it's been about a year since we yeah. got Mac and we started planning it. Yeah. So then I was struggling with some of the early stuff when we, um, when we were doing, starting the podcast ideas yes. about the podcast. Yes. I do sort of remember being worried because you had done all the research. And so like you, you thought you knew what to expect. You thought you knew everything that was going to happen. And then, you know, the reality is always a little bit different than what you can read in the books and what you can prepare for. But I mean, obviously you handled it really well. Yeah. I remember you were not a dog person or really a pet person and you were like, cool. You weren't discouraging, but you also weren't like, oh, I'd love to meet her. Right. <laughs> I don't remember when you met her, but it was a while. Like That's a nice thing for you to do. <laughs> yeah. However, I, I know I'm not a pet person. I, I, that probably makes me sound like a monster to some people. But like, I think if you know you're not a pet person, it's irresponsible to commit to a pet. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Just like with kids. Like if you're not if you don't want to have kids, don't have kids right. and, and own that. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I would say I was not a dog person. I was not a big pet person before, even though I had pets, I was not a big pet person before I got Mac. So I think it's also stages. Like one day you may be like, well, let me try this dog thing and be like, oh my gosh, my life just changed. You know, you never know. But I wouldn't say because I'm so uh, much happy with my dog that everyone's gonna be happier with a dog. Like, no, that's not accurate. Yeah. Much better to just know yourself. Yeah. And, and, and where you are in life at that yeah. time. And be open to change, right? Never yeah. say never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess the other thing that was happening when you were first starting to tell me about the idea that you were going to adopt a greyhound is that we had had this legislation in Florida oh, yeah. about closing the the greyhound racetracks. Yes. And so, I mean, like greyhounds were sort of everywhere <laughs> in the conversation, right? Which was really annoying because I had done all this research before <laughs> and had nothing to do with the legislation. And, and it just happened to be that the like day after I actually went to pick her up, was when the legislation where, so there was an amendment that passed in Florida where they were going to stop Greyhound racing in two years. And so the adoption agency was overwhelmed with people filling out applications because they thought they were going to kill all the Greyhounds. By the way, they are not killing all the Greyhounds. Greyhounds are one of the, the place I adopted Mac, they have a hundred percent adoption rate. People want these dogs. These are amazing dogs. They are well taken care of. In my experience, I know there are there's always two sides of everything, but in my experience and having gone to the adoption agency and hearing this and meeting trainers that actually train the dogs for the racetracks, the trainer knew all about my dog. He knew she had just had a, um, she had an accident and they had to give, she had to have surgery and nurse her back to health. And he knew all this history and was able to share that all with me because he knows these dogs, they work with them day in and day out and they take care of these dogs because it's money. It's an industry. Like they're not going to, we're not going to perform well if someone's like mistreating us. And so they, from what I saw, they treat the dogs really well. They care for these dogs. They know these dogs. She was only in the adoption agency a week. That's how long she was there. They only keep the dogs about like a week or two because they get adopted out so quickly. It was frustrating because everyone was thinking, oh, 
you know, greyhounds are being abused. We got to stop the racing. You can look into that on your own time, but, you know, always look where the bills are being, who is actually presenting these bills and what is the the money behind it? That's all I have to say about that. Anyways. <laughs> so your decision, although it sort of, it might have seemed like it was coming about because of the legislation, it actually predated all of that. It legislation. predated all of that. But when I got her actually was right around that. So yeah, greyhounds were in everyone's fear and everyone, when I saw, when they saw me with the greyhound was like, oh my gosh, did you just rescue her from right. the legislation? I was like, no, it just happened to be that time. And by the way, like if there is an influx of dogs, it's going to be more towards the end of the two years. And it wasn't going to be then. They weren't going to just like stop racing all the dogs. Although like with Mac, they um, were going to retrain her to keep her racing because she was a good racer. But they decided just to adopt her out because of the legislation. They knew it was probably going to be changing and they had, you know, new dogs coming in. So I do think they're going to probably adopt out dogs sooner than they would have in the past or move them to a different racetrack. But we have Florida had 11 has 11 racetracks. I'm not sure how many have closed already. I think some already might have closed like the adoption agency I went to for Mac. They send dogs all over the country to be adopted. So there's a place in Canada that comes to get dogs. Um, there's a place in I can't remember some other places in the, in the United States that will come get dogs from the Jacksonville. So the dogs are, are well taken care of. I was trying to figure out how I knew that greyhounds were racing dogs because it's not like I, it's not like my, my mom and dad were down at the track or anything, but where I grew up, I grew up in Pensacola, which is Northwest Florida over by the Alabama border. And we had a road and it was called dog track road. And so that's how I knew I guess that that there was a a track there where dogs were raced and that greyhounds were fast dogs and liked to race. (laughs) That's how I knew that uh, horse racing was a thing because I grew up in a neighborhood in Tallahassee that has all of their streets are named after famous horses. Is that what they're named after? Yeah, like Secretariat, um, Gallant Fox, all of those are actual horse names. names. I know. I I had no idea, but I lived over in there and so that's how I knew. So how was the transition? You had to get rid of the crate and then... What were some of the some other aspects of the transition? When I first got her, I tried to really stick with the schedule that she had from the adoption agency. And um, so it was very intense. Like they um, were fed like six in the morning and then they had a long walk or they were um, they have like a big like running area that they were let out and they could run and socialize. And then there was like all these like every two hours there was like they're they're going out or they're eating or they're snacking or all these things. I was like, oh, my goodness. So I tried to stick with that, but it was not realistic. And um, it was a challenge, I think, with any any new dog, family member, anything like that, any huge change in your life, it's going to be challenging. Also, though, the the struggle I had with Mac is she, I found out she had a UTI early on. And so I had to find a vet within, a, um, within the first week of getting her. And I happened to have a vet right across the street that I was um, thankful that I could go to and have been using ever since. So I had medical issues with her right away. She also has hookworm. She had hookworm and it was very hookworm in Florida and greyhounds are very, it's a strain that's really hard to get rid of and you have to do different practices than the normal stuff. So that took a while. She's finally over hookworm, but that took a long time to actually get her over that. And when she finally got over it, I was very excited because we had put a lot of time and effort into figuring out what to do to get her over that. And um, so it was just those kind of things. And it really... Um, it really disrupted my life, as as we've said in the title, but in the best way. I had to think of her first in so many ways, like, okay, I need to leave, but can I can I leave her at this time? How long can I leave her? 
And we, ha- she had bad separation anxiety at first. It is so amazing. I kind of accidentally ran into something that I didn't realize I was doing, but so I have an Amazon Alexa device and I would, I would have it play spa music because you know, who doesn't love spa music? And so I started playing that to kind of relax her. And then when I would leave, I would like play that. And I don't know why I started doing that. But I started doing that. And now it's so cool. Whenever I'm about to leave, I'll say, Alexa, play spa music. It will start playing and she will instantly lay down her bed and relax. She won't jump up and down. She won't get excited. She'll just lay down. She'll know that I'm leaving and she knows I'm coming back. And it's like, it's so special that she just like has been trained and I didn't even mean to. So one of the reasons that you wanted to get a dog originally was because you would have like, like that racing brain, like you just couldn't stop processing. And it was, you know, like you were just in your head too much. So has it worked? Yes. Oh my goodness. It has, you know, I had considered getting a dog that was like trained for helping me with depression. And, but then I had also read that dogs just in general are like in touch with your feelings and kind of know what you need. And I don't know how to explain it. Like I'm going to do a horrible job of explaining it because it's just, it's a feeling that I get. Um, I know my mom has come over before and she'll, she'll say, Oh my goodness, I was in such a crummy mood, but just petting Mac, like this dog is magic. She really is. And I mean, she has said that multiple times and it's true. It's just like, there's like this presence that I can't explain that she has this calming effect where like just before this podcast, I thought, you know, I have a, I have like 20 minutes. Let me take her on a quick walk. And, you know, I wouldn't have gotten out of my house before this. And now we're going to be sitting for a couple hours recording the podcast. I wouldn't have done that like on my own. I did it for her. And that was such a good thing for me that I needed to do. So she, um, she helps me regulate my life. She helps me think of something beyond myself. And I've talk to people I would have never talked to. I've got to know my neighbors so well that I've lived here like so long and never really met them. We walk multiple times per week with our dogs and we talk and just like she's the greatest and her husband and their kids, you know, things that I would have never done. She has gotten me to do in the best of ways, not forcing me to because I want to do it for her. And she also makes me wake up every morning at 6 a.m. And that's not cool, but it is cool because it forces me into a routine and I, that's really important for, for me and my mental health. Like before it was hard to force myself to get out of bed at eight o'clock. Now it's like, well, when a dog's barking in your face, you get up, you just do. The annoying thing is then she just goes right back to bed. Like right. she's not like, she'll eat a little of her breakfast and then she'll go sleep. And it's like, great. Like, now I'm awake, but I know. you're asleep. Yeah. It's like, no. uh, <laughs> but it's so, it just, um, it helps me keep on track with my mental health. So like I can probably count, on one hand, the amount of bad days I've had since I've had her. And it's just crazy. It's, it's really hard to even remember what it was like before I had her in my life. And, and just me and my mom, both like both of us, we have very similar personalities and she just helps us get out of that like funk without doing anything, just being there and just like being cute. I would think as a, as someone who is self-employed and you're, you know, a full-time online content creator and like you can, completely control your schedule. You don't have anything sort of, you don't have any external forces like requiring you to be disciplined. You have, you have very strong internal forces that that draw you to be disciplined. No doubt about that. But I would think that it sounds at least like having Mac and, and having to think about her needs, just having that kind of give structure to your life in a way that's healthy. Would you say that's right? Yes, she's definitely structured me in a very healthy way. And also like 
going out of town. I can totally go out of town, but I, that's just the extra step that I have to do is, okay, I need to make sure she's taken care of. So I have a dog sitter that I um, hire to come and stay at my house and take care of her. When, when I'm going out of town, but my mom's not, my mom will stay at my house and take care of her. And so I'm able to still do all the things I was doing before. I just figure it out um, in my new reality. And, and it's not a big deal. And it's nice because I don't stress about like her when I'm gone. Um, I try not to because I know she's taken care of. So having more responsibility has actually de-stressed your life some? Oh, yes. I don't know how to explain it, but I do have more responsibility now. I have to think about her needs and I can't be gone more than five hours. But yeah, like I have way less stress. She has disrupted my life in a beautiful way and just in the way where I look forward to seeing her in the morning. I look forward to even like taking her out in the morning for her morning bathroom break. Like I have no problem with that. Like picking up after her, like it's not a big deal to me. It's like, she's my puppy. I'll do whatever for her. A while back, I took uh, my son on a college tour. And as we were touring the campus, they were the person who was leading the tour was really emphasizing, really encouraging extracurricular activities, even in college, you know, that you that you get involved in, in Greek life, or you get involved in a service organization, or you get involved in something related to your major, or you play a sport, right? They were actually saying that there's there's research. Now, I understand that this is hearsay. Like somebody told me there's research, but it's all I got. Somebody told me that there's research that actually when you have those external responsibilities, you're, that college students perform better, that they stay more focused on their work, that there's something about having too much free time that disincentivizes you to actually get your work done. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, just for like the podcast, for example, when we started planning it a year ago, we were coming up with all these ideas and then we realized we need to create a box that all every every title uh, every topic we talk about has to fit in that box and it seems you know at first you can say well no one puts me in a box it's like well i, I think put- i did say that <laughs> i think nobody puts me in a box nobody puts baby in a corner <laughs> but uh, you can put yourself in a box i think that's okay and i do that with a lot of things in my life is like for mother daughter projects we have four areas that we stay within and those are the four areas that we focus on i don't think it's a bad thing as long as you're no you're in control obviously of that box yeah i can definitely see where having structure and having things that you are, need to do in your day can make you more productive and make you help you be better at all of those tasks I recently went to Universal Studios, the Harry Potter area with a good group of my ladies. We were going and so I was looking on Amazon for Harry Potter shirts and I found one that said, my Patronus is a Greyhound and I was like, I gotta get that. So I have a TV, uh, I'll put a link to the, my shirt that I got, but it um, it's that's what it says and I wore it proudly to the parks and I was all excited and I had my wand, I was all ready. But then I started thinking about it more and I realized if you know Harry Potter, then you know this analogy. If you don't, I will explain it for you. Um, so a Patronus is this, it's kind of like a spirit animal that you you cast a Patronus to fight the Dementors. And a Dementor is this really dark character, like floaty ghost-like character. And Dementors suck all the, the good thoughts from your brain until all there's left is all the negative and horrible things. And they ultimately can kill you. And so your Patronus, you cast that so that you're protected. And so you're like, the animal that comes out of your wand is what fights the Dementor. And so I was thinking about it. I was like, oh my gosh, my Greyhound is my Patronus because she helps me fight the darkness that can take over and steal all the good thoughts in my head. I was like, wow, she really is my Patronus. So it's really true. 
It's so true. Your yes. Patronus is a greyhound. A greyhound named Mac. Yes. So Beth, we're talking all about me and my great dog. And I know you don't have a dog. I don't have a dog. I had a dog when I was a kid, but I haven't had a dog as an adult ever. And no desire? No desire. No desire. Even nope. after seeing how great my dog is. So let me give you let me give you some kudos because oh. um I have been pretty surprised that Mac doesn't shed. I think that's amazing. So she no. does shed. She does, but she not does. a crazy amount. Okay. There is dog here in this house. There's plenty of it. But in about she sheds about the same amount as like a like a short haired cat. Well, when I pet her, I don't come away with like a oh. bunch of hair like on my hand, right? So, oh, okay. so I'm not noticing it that way. And I've never had like allergy issues when I'm coming to your house. And there is zero dog smell, which is one of my huge reasons for not wanting a dog is that I don't want my house to smell like dog. And I know lots of dog owners who are like, my house doesn't smell like dog. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm your friend. So I'm not going to point out that it does. But I can honestly say that your house good to know. and our podcast recording studio <laughs> actually do not smell like dog. So yeah, I don't I don't have any pets, but but I know what you mean about that that need to like get outside of your own thoughts and to not just be not to be in a loop in your own head about either things that need to be done or an experience that has happened or like feelings, you know, just to to not be not be caught up in that because it can lead to darkness. So I understand that and I I think some of the ways that I get out of that racing brain space without having a pet are are probably related to my family. I will just say to my husband, like, I got to verbally process this. You're going to have just let me, let me, li- you're just going to have to let me talk and you're going to need to listen. And, and he's a good sport about that. So, so I guess I have structure in my life in other ways that, that helps. And then I have come up with some other coping mechanisms for, for getting out of that racing brain space. And I think it's really cool that you have Mac to help you do that. Yeah. I think she's pretty cool too. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode. Hopefully you got a little something out of that. We do want to remind you that we are on all podcast platforms. And one of those platforms you may not be aware of is Amazon Alexa. I think I mentioned that in this episode, actually. I love that thing. Um, You can actually say, Alexa, play the Discovering Our Scars podcast, and she will play our podcast. That's pretty cool. Um, So we are on there and all of those podcast apps on your phone and computer as well. So yeah, I, I too, I'm a total fan of the Alexa, um, love that she can turn on lights for me and turn off lights for me and play music for me and remind me to do things. And, um, every morning gives me a news briefing and tells me me the weather and yeah. Yeah. Actually I do the same thing and you can add phrases for it to say. And that just reminded me that at the end of my news brief, I have it say, give thanks for Mac today. I have it remind me that. So every morning it reminds me to give thanks for Mac. Oh, I'm going to yeah. have to look into how yeah, to set that up. Yeah, it's like super that. easy. You just can say have it say any phrase to you. And so it's just like gives me a moment to just remember like being thankful for her today. Nice. I like that. We, at the end of each episode, we like to ask you a question that you are welcome to call into our voicemail number and answer. Um, so today's question, Beth, what is that? So today we're wondering, do you have a pet? What kind? What's your pet's name? What's your favorite thing that your pet does? Call and tell us all about your favorite pet. Our voicemail number is 850-270-3308. And you are welcome to call it. It's just a call it on your telephone. And it's just a voicemail. So we will not answer, but you can leave 
whatever message there. And you can answer any questions that we've asked in any of the podcast episodes. And in the voicemail recording, there might be a special guest. And by that, I mean Mac, since we just talked about her. So you might hear a little something from her in that. At the end of each show, we like to end with the questions for reflection. These are questions we put together based on today's show. Beth is going to read them out and leave a little pause between each one so that you can pause the podcast if you'd like to answer them out loud. Or we have a downloadable PDF on our website with the same questions. Questions for reflection. Number one, what in your life helps you fight the darkness? Number two, have you ever considered getting a pet? What's holding you back? Number three, when you work specifically on structuring your life, do you notice a difference in your internal chatter? Number four, do the responsibilities in your life cause less stress, anxiety, and depression, or more? Why? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thanks for joining us. Bark!